This is Bucks First Thoughts, the news you need to get through your day in 45 minutes. Make sure you subscribe on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now we see who really believes the science. For a while now, there have been people running around acting like this was a personal calling card. I believe the science. And they do whatever Fauci says. Mask up between bites. Try to breathe less. Try to only breathe out of your mouth or your nose or or neither because it'll make you safer. Just hold your breath as long as you can. So what if it's uncomfortable? It's about the science. And then we see, oh, now that they have no more cover from the CDC for their hysteria, their neuroses are taking over entirely. Uh, They're not changing their tune at all. Oh, what a surprise. We also have a Biden administration that refuses to speak the truth to the Democrats in their midst and their their supporters. Of course, they won't do that. They allow them to continue to live in this delusion that if only they listen to Fauci forever, everything will be better. And that's true of their approach to spending money, too, as you well know. About 20 percent of all U.S. dollars were created in the year 2020. That's right. A lot of people don't know that. What do you think the effect of all those newly printed dollars will lead to inflation, right? Well, it's certainly not going to lead to the dollar becoming more valuable in the past. People have purchased gold and silver as a hedge against inflation. That's because gold and silver have increased in value as the purchasing power of the dollar declines. Buying real gold and silver, the kind you could hold in your hands, is much easier than you think. You can have it delivered securely and privately to your home, or you can even put real gold and silver in your IRA or 401k. If you're concerned at all about the value of the dollar continuing to decrease or the risk of inflation, you got to call the Oxford Gold Group right now at 833-600-GOLD. The Oxford Gold Group is the industry leader in precious metals. They offer real gold and silver for the lowest prices, and they have a free precious metals investment guide they can send to you. The Oxford Gold Group is who you should call, 833-600-GOLD. Request their free precious metals investment guide. Again, that number, call right now, 833-600-GOLD. G-O-L-D. I think that uh, the approach here is showing Florida leading the way again, because I think there's other states that are probably going the different direction. Uh, but here are some of the highlights. The bill ensures that neither the state nor local governments can close business or keep kids out of in-person instruction unless they satisfy demanding and continuous justifications. One of the things I think has been so problematic about this is that there are different policies that have been enacted, particularly in other parts of the country, different restrictions or mandates, and they're done. And then even when the evidence refutes the effectiveness or the need or the justification for them, they continue on, and sometimes they're even re-upped. This changes that and makes sure that people are protected. It also says that any local emergency order excluding hurricane emergencies are capped at seven-day increments and may only be extended to a maximum duration of 42 days. Um, And most importantly, as governor, I'll have the authority to invalidate a local emergency order if it unnecessarily restricts individual rights uh, or liberties. Florida fighting back against COVID tyranny. God bless Ron DeSantis. This is what we need to see. This is how it needs to be. No more of what I saw in Texas, where, sure, Governor Abbott got rid of the statewide mask mandate, but Austin is still a bunch of leftist lunatics masking up, double masking outside. No more of that, at least not in Florida. 
at least not after July 1st. No vaccine passports either. Taking action now to prevent the continued neurotic tyranny of the Fauciites. It has to stop. I've been telling you this all along. It will not stop until we make it stop. And that's why you see the approach in Florida versus, say, the approach in New York, where Governor Cuomo is telling everybody in a couple of weeks, you'll have businesses at full capacity, except they're still going to have a six foot distancing rule. Well, What the heck is that? That just means that restaurants can't have all their tables. That means that you do have de facto capacity limits and you're going to have masking. So what really is better? Well, he needs to get people to stop thinking about all the sexual harassment and uh, death of senior citizens in nursing homes that occurred under his watch or as a result of his decision making. So whatever he can do now to get the news cycle focused on how he's a leader, that's what really matters. Anybody talking about what a great job Gavin Newsom has done in California? Nope. The Democrat blue states are a mess. They don't make sense anymore. What they are up to with COVID lockdowns is absurd. Oh, I also want to give credit where it is uh, where it is due. Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt has said the following play four. on March 15th, 2020, I declared a state of emergency to fight against COVID-19. And over the course of the last year, I've issued dozens of executive orders to make sure we stayed proactive in our response to this virus. My promise has always been to make decisions based on the data in our state, not what's happening anywhere else. And here's what the data in Oklahoma shows. Our seven-day average of new cases is down 94% from its peak. And our new cases per capita are some of the lowest in the country. Hospitalizations, they're down 90% and they've been stable for two months. We've administered more than 2.5 million doses of the COVID vaccine. And anyone who wants one can get one. Because Oklahomans used personal responsibility to protect themselves, their families, and our most vulnerable, the data shows COVID-19 is no longer an emergency. That's why I'm withdrawing my emergency declaration effective tomorrow, Tuesday, May 4th. There we go. Notice how it is the Republican governors in red states who are looking at the actual data and numbers and recognizing that enough is enough. It's time to go back to life. Time to go back to normal. People have had who are at high risk, plenty of time to get the vaccine. We've gotten over 70% of seniors vaccinated. People have had opportunities to get vaccinated. We cannot hold society hostage until every neurotic lib in Brooklyn and Santa Monica and Northwest D.C. feels like it's safe. Does, Does Fauci think it's safe for me to go outside? You'll notice you don't see this guy Osterholm on TV as much as he used to. And it's because while he is a a lockdowner, he's not quite as insane as some of the others. He's not a Fauciite. You know, maybe we should consider that the, the numbers tell us that in anywhere from two weeks to uh, two decades, we could have a return to normalcy 
So I think that's the that's the scope of what we're working with. Two two weeks maybe or twenty years from now. You know, your, your kids, your, your really young babies. Um, maybe when they're you know in their quarter life crisis, they can at least say, "Oh, I can take my mask off now." Your Fauci's on TV every five seconds. The limbs are all so scared. Oh my gosh, Fauci will save us. Osterholm, you see a lot less of. It's because he's saying things like this that go counter the main messaging from the Biden White House. Play 10. So I think we still want to be very careful. We still have a lot of work to do. But if you're among vaccinated people, party hard, party hard. You know, invite people over to your house, do family related things, but get vaccinated. If there was ever a time to want to incentivize people to get vaccinated, it's now. Because if you do, you can basically protect yourself and have all the kind of socialization that you want to do. But if you're not vaccinated and you're out in bars and so forth, know that you still have a challenge. I have just got done dealing with two cases in the last day. Individuals, young, healthy adults who are in bars who are now the intensive care units here in Minnesota with COVID. Get vaccinated. Vaccinated and party hardy. I got to tell you. This is an enormous miss from the Biden administration. Everyone talks about, oh, look at all the shots in arms. Uh, It would be way better if people had been told you can go back to normal, but then they'd lose all the control and the fear and the panic, which is the most important thing of all to the Democrats, the control they get from this, because people would walk around and start living their lives normally. And that's how you get back to normal. But no, we have to hold... We have to hold this Trump card, pardon the expression, of until we say so, you don't get to go back to normal. Until we determine that the numbers are what we need them to be. They won't tell you that in advance. And one of the reasons that Governor DeSantis in Florida has set up his executive order the way he has is so that mayors can't play the games in Democrat strongholds. They have been where they say, when we get to X, we will give you Y. And then we get to X in terms of COVID numbers and infections. Y doesn't happen. They did that to us in New York City at the beginning or at the first phase of the pandemic. We should have had gyms open all summer, basically. Kept them closed. Kept them closed. Why? Because they felt like it. Look at California. You can go to Costco. You can go to a weed store. Can you go to church, though? California says no. Based on what? The science. Only idiots ever believed that. California's uh, secular leftist government is hostile to people of actual religious faith, but they got away with it for a while. They got away with it. I mean, I give, I give credit to, uh, to Megan McCain over on The View, who's pointing out that, yeah, this whole, this whole notion that the vaccine's not good enough isn't premised on the vaccine's real protective level. It's the neurotic libs want to be able to control everybody still. So that's why they won't let you live your life after you get the vaccine. It is psychotic, as she says. Play 19. The messaging on this is absolute garbage towards conservatives and Republicans, and it's getting worse. It's a public health crisis. I agree. We should all be vaccinated. Uh, I myself have my I am vaccinated. Uh, I I have no problem with vaccines, but the messaging is psychotic. And I just want to say in Brookline, Massachusetts, um, they just rejected in the city the guidance to wear masks outdoors. So if you live in Brookline, Massachusetts, you have to wear a mask outdoors. If you live in Florida, the Surgeon General says you don't have to wear a mask anywhere. And a 
lot of this feels like it's more about control than science. If the vaccine is 94% effective, which, which we are told by science and the CDC and all smart people that come on the show it is, if the vaccine works, why do we still have to wear masks outdoors? Why do we have to wear masks inside? And that's also part of the messaging problem. Because if you get a vaccine and nothing in your life changes, and I still have to wear a mask everywhere, and people still have to wear masks everywhere, then, then there's not, I'm sorry, but like the way human nature works and human beings work is, is there has to be an impetus and, and, a, and a reason to get vaccinated to get what you want. And I'm horrified yeah. by the way people are talking to Republicans right now in this way. I think we should I think we should try and lead people along instead of saying they're, they're dumb right. morons in the middle of the country that are going to kill everybody. It's just not effective. Yep. But you know what's really going on here? The libs, the Biden administration, they are terrified that you who listen to this show are going to get your lives back before they've been able to fundamentally transform American society. They, they stay up awake at night, deeply concerned about the possibility that you may actually be able to, even if you haven't gotten vaccinated, just start going about your life and you're not going to infect and kill anybody. There's a lot of herd immunity already out there in the population. And this is a virus with an over 99% survival rate, as we know. And you're just going to go about living your life. That They despise that notion. They hate that idea. It's not okay until it's safe enough for them. When is it safe enough? Well, look at Brookline, Massachusetts. Not even the CDC is enough for them. It's safe when they feel safe because they've been watching a lot of CNN and CNN makes it seem really, really scary to try to breathe fresh air without a mask on. That's where we are as a society. I told you that this is where we were headed. I've told you at every step, just watch. People will cling to their masks even after the authorities finally have to relent. And they haven't relented on all masks. You know what the truth is? We should have no masks for vaccinated people anywhere. I know some of you are yelling right now saying, Buck, we shouldn't have masks mandated, period. And you know that I agree with that. But that's a we lost that battle. We lost that fight. So now at least can we can we start to win some battles so we don't have to all go around? So we don't have to go in the gym on the treadmill with my mask on like an idiot. Otherwise, someone will come up to me. Excuse me, sir. Excuse me. Uh, you're on a treadmill. Where's your mask? I feel unsafe. The world is not a safe space, Libs, not from viruses, not from anything. We are all going to die. Make the best use of the time you have. Be purposeful and don't be a coward every day. That would be my advice for the Libs of Brookline. So we want to help. Our administration wants to help. We want to pick back up the kind of work President Joe Biden started when he was vice president. We want to help people find hope at home. And so we are focused on addressing both the acute factors and the root causes of migration. And I believe this is an important distinction. We must focus on both. First, the acute factors, the catastrophes that are causing people to leave right now, the hurricanes, the pandemic, the drought, and extreme food insecurity. And then there are the long-standing issues, the root causes. And I'm thinking of corruption, violence, and poverty, the lack of economic opportunity, the lack of climate adaptation and climate resilience, the lack of good governance. Just this weekend, we learned that the Salvadoran parliament 
Kamala Harris is an an in, an intensely mediocre uh, public policy official in any context. Kamala Harris is a deeply unimpressive person when she speaks about these things. She's the vice president. I don't care. Donald Trump was president, and liberals said that he was a fascist, Nazi murderer, you know, rapist. I mean, you know, so we, we get to speak about public officials as we see fit, and we get to say the truth about them. In this case, Kamala Harris is a really a mediocrity. I mean, I think she might be smarter than Joe Biden, but I also think that's not saying very much. Climate resilience is causing the surge. Um, let's just take a quick uh, a quick trip into reality land here for a moment. Illegal crossings right now at the U.S.-Mexico border are at a 20-year high. Last month, there were over 170,000 illegal aliens taken into custody. And about 1,000 people a day are gotaways, which is the Border Patrol term for somebody who just, they make a run for it. Maybe they're in a vehicle, but usually they actually run. And they made it into the U.S., and they're here. A thousand a day. Oh, yeah, sure, but it's been 11 million illegals in the United States for the last 20 years. We got a thousand gotaways a day. You think there are a thousand people running across our border to the south to go live in Honduras to balance out this inflow? I don't think so. Why are people leaving uh, the Central American countries to come to America? Because this is a rich country with rule of law, somewhat. Democrats are trying to destroy it, but we do still have it. And a very generous welfare state. And economic opportunity. That's why. Right? There are jobs here. There is welfare here. There is some safety here. We're not going to transform Honduras into a place where people are going to say, you know what? If it's a choice between this and the United States of America, I'm going to ride out this whole Honduras situation, see what's going on. If it's easy enough for them to get in the U.S., they're going to keep picking the United States. And they don't even put into this analysis, Kamala, as the borders are, the rest of them, that countries from all over the world have people coming to Mexico to cross the border legally right now. From Cuba and China and Sri Lanka and Bangladesh and Thailand and Venezuela and you name it, coming from all over the world. Why? Because America is a very wealthy country where people are relatively safe and there is uh, there's a lot of generous welfare benefits here for people you say oh they, they but you don't get that if you're an illegal really you get in-state tuition uh you get direct payments if you live in new york during covid if you have a child here then that child gets all the benefits of citizenship and everything else and you're a part of that household there's also a lot of benefits fraud that goes on, which is almost never prosecuted unless somebody's getting rich off of it, doing really egregious fraud, you know, claiming benefits for 10 people. But if you're just doing benefits fraud as an illegal, almost never prosecuted in this country. And we also have no real sense of how often that even happens. So, yeah, that's why people are coming here. Kamala still can't seem to get to the border, though. Still can't seem to, to, to deal with this. And, and notice that the way they frame this issue, we're supposed to fix other countries to get people to stop coming into our country illegally. That's not going to change this. If we want people to stop coming into America illegally, we have to convince them it's not worth the effort and the risk to come to America illegally.
consequences. You come, you don't get to stay. Until that is the calculation, this continues on. All this, all this uh, nonsense about we're going to do more for root causes. Yeah, good luck with that. Honduras has one of the highest murder rates in the world, is intensely corrupt and very poor. We're going to turn that around? Sure we are. Oh, the Biden administration is going to turn that around? It's a joke. But this is just the talking point. To make it seem like they're doing something when really at the end of the day, they don't want this to end. They just want to control it. Illegals are future Democrat voters. That's the way the Biden administration, the Democrat Party sees this. Anything else is nonsense. If you grew up in the 90s, you may be familiar with an actress named Alyssa Milano. I once had the misfortune of interviewing her. She did not realize I was a conservative, and I realized that she was quite dumb by asking her very straightforward questions on the political issues that she thinks she should be weighing in on with the platform that she has. Uh, but she is speaking in this clip on that, that went uh, viral on TikTok, and a young black woman who goes by the handle This Is Savvy Response. So what you're going to hear is Alyssa Milano, uh, white, liberal, multimillionaire. I've been to her mansion, yes, in her gated community just north of Los Angeles. But she really understands the plight of the black community. She really understands what it is to be black in America today. If you listen to the way she talks about this. Um, yeah. But then a young black woman responds to her responds to Alyssa Milano and this is this is savvy again is her handle I want you to hear, so you're going to hear Alyssa Milano on what it's like for black men and then this black woman responding immediately to her on social media play one for those of us who are not black men imagine watching the news and seeing how people imagine being a black man and being told by some white lady with a microphone that you and the criminal on tv are one and the same because you look alike imagine being told by society that white people can be all that they can be but you as a black man the content of your character is completely irrelevant you are the color of your skin and that is all you will ever be imagine being told you can't figure out how to vote because of the color of your skin socioeconomics affects everyone but apparently you're not as smart as the poorest white person lady i don't want to hate you i'm a nice 90s kid. I grew up with you, so I know you're very talented. I understand your heart is in the right place, but you are everything you preach against. You're not helping. You're making things worse. You're causing more division. You're causing more fear. Statistically speaking, I am more likely to be shot and killed by my black elderly neighbor across the street than the cop who patrols my neighborhood. Statistically speaking, homicide by cop is very rare, but people like you find power in fear, so you keep it front page news. You don't have to be a white supremacist. You can be better. Wow. Some harsh words for Alyssa Milano from This Is Savvy. Now, Alyssa Milano is, is a very classic. I mean, it's she's Nancy Pelosi, uh, but 40 years younger. But she's a, a white liberal who imbibes all the BLM slogans, who, who believes all the critical race theory nonsense. And gets called out by somebody here who is black, who's saying, think about the way the liberal mind is working with so many of these issues. There's a there's a real sense of of a constant lowering of expectations in the discourse that that liberals are engaged in. They're always suggesting that the African-American community members of it are, aren't going to be able to compete unless white liberals are able to help them out. And it's 
it's discouraging that we have a country where there's still so little ability to have honest conversations about race relations and that are first and foremost rooted in the fact that we do get along well as a country. There, there is not some place where there is greater diversity and greater uh, decency and, you know, fraternalism, so to speak, uh, just just friendliness between people from all over the world, all different kinds of backgrounds. I mean, America, instead of focusing on how amazing this place is in that regard, compared to so many countries all over the rest of the world, we're always told we're not. It's not that even that we're not good enough, that we're awful, that we're bad. And then there's also the way the narrative only speaks about certain aspects of race relations in this country and leaves others completely aside. I mean, there is this phenomenon that you keep seeing in New York City, uh, especially as we have a crime rate that is spiking substantially, where you'll see a report about a, you know, man in hoodie uh, punches elderly Asian lady in the face. And you say, okay, well, this is a public safety issue. Do we get a description of the man in the hoodie? Do we get a description of the person that, you know, sucker punched an old lady on the subway so that we can know and try to maybe find him? No, no, that's that's playing into a stereotype. They'll tell you, I, I assure you, if it's a guy in a MAGA hat uh, who is a, a, a white guy, you're going to hear in detail everything he's ever posted on social media and make sure that this guy is found and they throw the book at him and you know he loses his job and is humiliated and his family disowns him and all that. But it's all about the narrative. On the other side of the equation, if it is a minority involved in an incident, the press bends over backwards to make sure that they're not playing into harmful stereotypes. Well, I'd, I'd be curious to know, what is the stereotype here? What, what are we seeing in the race relationship here where in Los Angeles County, a driver is pulled over for a very I've been pulled over for this, too. So before we go, oh, it's so racist that this a black woman is pulled over for driving and being on her cell phone. Now, I will admit I've been pulled over for this myself once. And I talked I I talked my way out of it, but because uh, I was very polite to the officer and I, I don't even know what I said, but I talked my way out of it. And uh, I will admit that I think it's a pretty annoying violation to get. I do know that distracted driving is very dangerous, but I also know that there's a lot of ways to be distracted in a car. So that, you know, whether it's your cell phone or a million other things. So I, I think, you know, look, I, I agree that it's a little bit of a of a marginal violation to pull somebody over for. But but it is the law and I've been pulled over for it. I'm a white guy. People get pulled over for this. And so this uh, this black female is pulled over by a Latino. I know they like to say Latin X these days on the left, but no one uses that term. A Latino cop pulls her over. And I want you to hear the exchange. I want you to hear. And this woman is very, you know, she's a she's a teacher, she says. And she is very smug and condescending and racist. If you listen to what she says, but it won't be described that way by the left because she's a black female. How could she be racist? Well, I think you'll get a sense of that. Play five. I was going under the speed limit. I was going at 30 
38. Yes, you are, ma'am. Good morning. Which is, and the speed limit is 40, and I was going 38, so why are you harassing me? You are me? correct. I pulled you over because... because you're a murderer. Because uh, yes, I started to record because you can't you're a murderer. Be a, you can't be on your cell phone like, while you're driving. I was on my phone. I was recording you because you scared you can't, me. You can't use your cell I phone while you're recording. I you. May I have your driver's license? I, it's, it's at my apartment. What's your apartment? It's at my home. I'm just taking my son to his. Do you therapy. have a, Do you have your driver's license? I it, I mistakenly left it at home. Do you have a picture of your driver's license? Yes, I do. May I have it? And can you call your supervisor, please? I, I already did. He's on his way. Good, because you're a murderer. Okay. And so you're giving me a cell phone ticket. Is that why you're harassing me? not harassment. Yeah. I, I am enforcing the law. I have a right to and record the police when they're harassing me. By all means, but you can't do it while you're driving. I was, I can, I wasn't, doesn't texting or none of that. Do you have, and you had that you picture? you scared me and made me think you were going to murder me. Okay, well, I'm sorry you feel that way. Well, you're, that's not just a feeling, you're a murderer. Okay. Can you zoom in on that for me, Sure. Jay? Thank you. And I'm perfectly legal and I'm a teacher. So oh. there. Congratulations. Murderer. You're a murderer. I'm a teacher. You're a murderer, she says to the Los Angeles County police officer over and over again. Where would she get the idea? I wonder where would this this uh, black female teacher get the idea that a random law enforcement officer that pulls her over is a, quote, murderer? Oh, I don't know. From the slanders and the lies of the BLM movement that is rooted in the belief that cops are systematically murdering unarmed black men in this country, right? So really, she's just reacting to BLM rhetoric here, which is heinous and wrong. But you see it for those who say, oh, Buck, it's not about BLM is not about hating cops. Eh, wrong. It is about hating cops. We see it all the time. We see it all the time. This woman, she knows she's being recorded. She's not hiding any of this. She thinks she's a hero. For calling this cop a murderer because he pulled her over for a cell phone violation. I mean, she's probably getting, what, a $50 ticket or something? I mean, it's, a, you know, I, come on. Un- unbelievable. Um, and, you know, I, I'm a teacher. You can just tell I me mean, this. I, I assure you this woman watches a lot of MSNBC. I assure you that she has completely taken in the lib narrative of victimization and cops are racist and teachers are all heroes. Look, there are good teachers and there are a lot of bad teachers. There are hardworking teachers that make a big difference in kids' lives. There are lazy, worthless teachers who rely on the unions to protect them from having to actually do their gosh darn jobs. But, yeah, cops are murderers, she says. Play six. What's your last name? I can't see that there. Well, here you stop, go, Stop murderer. shaking. Zoom in on that for no, me, No, because right? you're scaring me. Oh, you're threatening to kill me and my son. Can you give me okay. the, the well, you, you, I'll tell you what, you keep smiling. Yeah, you're on camera. You keep, you're, you're trying to threaten to kill me. I'm I not didn't smiling. Say you're the one who's crazy. Hold that still. I can't see that. Uh, is this your car? Yes, it is. Um, you're trying to say I stole my own car because you're jealous? Yeah, is that what I don't that's think about? so. You wait for me right here, okay? You're jealous. All you need to do is get your signature. He's only citing you for using your cell phone while you're driving. That's it. Here you go, ma'am. Sign inside the red box right a, there. For him being a Mexican racist. What is that name? Gas. It's on the citation, ma'am. Here you go, Mexican racist. 
You're always going to be a Mexican. You'll never be white. You know that, right? You'll never be white, which is what you really want to be. You there you go, be dear. White. Have you, a good day. You want to be white so bad. You'll always be Mexican, she says. You'll never be white, which is what you really want to be. Because he's a cop? This woman's a racist. She's a black female. And she's a racist. That's what you're hearing. She is sneering and snide and vicious to a cop on racial issues and demeaning him for being I mean, Mexican or, you know, Latino. Demeaning him on video. And she knows she won't get fired from her job. She won't. There will be no consequences. She can say whatever she wants. Oh, but it's so hard. She's she's such a victim, I'm sure. Right. I think she's driving in like a luxury German I, I can't can't remember if it was a BMW or a, or a Mercedes. It's good to be a teacher these days. Oh, it was a Mercedes. Yeah, she's driving around in a Mercedes. She's a teacher in a Mercedes. Okay, teachers don't make enough money. They work so hard. Okay, sure. Um, but so you have a teacher, a black female teacher in a Mercedes, demeaning a Latino cop as being jealous of her car, being a murderer. And never being able to be white, which she says is his real aspiration. Disgusting. Disgusting. Do you think that she will actually be held to account for this? Who's the one who really has privilege in this situation? Look at, look at the way this lines up. Who has privilege? Who is in a position of power and, and social authority? This woman feels... No compunction whatsoever about acting like a, a heinous, evil, awful person. Because she's a black female in a Mercedes who's been pulled over by a cop, and therefore she can call him a murderer and say that he doesn't that that he demeans his own race by being a law enforcement officer. Do you think she'll suffer any consequences whatsoever? No, she thinks she's a hero. So do the libs, so do the leftists. This is a real window into uh, what race relations are actually like sometimes in this country. There's a lot of racism that has nothing to do with white people. Yeah, that's the truth. Just ask any of the people who have been attacked who are Asian these days. And who are they generally being attacked by? It's not guys in MAGA hats who are Trump supporters. But the media doesn't want you to ever think about that. There's a lot of racism and, and racial animosity that exists that has nothing to do with white supremacy. But you've got to find the truth yourself. Can't count on the media to tell you. They're pushing a narrative, you see. And the woman in that car, in that Mercedes, is basically spitting on that officer and his heritage and calling him a murderer. She knows what the narrative is, and she's protected by it. This country is in a crisis that is all about identity. And there is a wager being made on the right that they can get enough white people to believe that they are targeted, that there has been a perverse culture shift, and that they are being replaced. True? No. But it's not about facts. It's about people feel. I know that. I think people know that. If it's that not- were true, then that party wouldn't be as formidable and the Democrats wouldn't be as vulnerable as they are in the upcoming midterms. That, that, no. It's people already know that. And the people in the Republican Party know that. That's why you percent of them. That's why you have an insurrection. Biden didn't win. You have an insurrection because people believe that America was founded in the image of white people. 
and that the country was built in their image, and therefore the election should go their way. It's the same thing that Rick Santorum is saying about Native Americans and the lack of the contribution, what have you. It's the same thing. Here you have two multimillionaire morons uh, who are, are trying to push forward this narrative that the Republican Party is a white nationalist party and pushed for the insurrection. And as we've discussed many times here, the so-called insurrection was a riot involving a few thousand people. There were 74, 75 million people that voted for Donald Trump. The insurrection didn't actually kill any law enforcement officers. The people doing it were not armed, but the media has a story that they tell themselves that justifies their just despising, despising those who disagree with them politically, which is what this is really all about. They absolutely hate the people who won't go along with the left. And so they have to come up with some moral formulation of this to justify that disdain, and that's what they do. Don Lemon owns multiple houses, is a multimillionaire. He shows up, he reads off a prompter, he is an ignoramus, he's a moron, and not a particularly nice guy, by the way, not someone you, and I know, I, I know Don Lemon a bit, I've worked with him in the past, not someone you could trust, not somebody who's honest. And all he does is complain about how racist and awful America is. And you see this, you say, wow, America is so racist and awful that here you have somebody who is, who is an out member of the LGBT community who is black, who is elevated beyond 99.99% of Americans in socioeconomic status and power. And, and all he does is complain about how hard it is. All he does is talk about the victimization and the white nationalists and everything else. It's, it's a mental illness, folks. I mean, liberalism engenders these kinds of mental illnesses in its adherence. I can still taste it. The moink chicken breast that I made last night. I cooked for my girlfriend. I sliced it up. And the first bite, it was so juicy and flavorful. And I didn't have to go to the store. I had my moink on hand because I got a moink box with bacon, pork, chicken, steak. I've had the ribeye. I've had the, the bacon. This is top quality. I mean, it's the best protein I've had ever made in my own home. I'm telling you that right now. Moink delivers grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and wild-caught Alaskan salmon direct to your door. All their animals are raised outdoors. Their fish swim wild in the ocean. And Moink meat is free of antibiotics, hormone, sugar, and all the other junk you find in prepackaged meat aisle stuff. Join up right now. Go to moinkbox.com slash buck and have a box of the most delicious meats ever delivered right to your door. You put them in the freezer and they're ready whenever you need them. You thaw them out and you're going to have the best steaks, the most succulent lamb chops. Oh, I've got the lamb chops right now in my freezer. I can't wait to make them. You got to join the Moink movement today. Help this independent farm. Stay away from Big Agra too. These are great people with top quality meat. And right now, right now, listeners to this show will get free ground beef for a year. That's right. Free ground beef for a year. All you have to do is go to moinkbox.com. Go to this website right now, moinkbox.com slash buck. Again, that's moinkbox.com slash buck and have the best meat, chicken, pork ever delivered right to your home, right to your door.
Coke went woke, and now people want it to go broke. Probably not going to happen. It's Coca-Cola basically selling a legalized drug. Sugar addictive. Caffeine addictive. Mix them together. You've got a product. One of the most important. I'm going to tell you this. A few things, you know, I don't get into a lot of you know life guidance and advice on this show. So occasionally I'll just share things with you. And it's just for my own experience. Um, and, you know, the people who know me personally sometimes refer to me as the wise old owl because I think a lot about my own mistakes and I try to be introspective, try to learn from them. Um, things to cut out of your life. Soda. Top of the list. Just not worth it. Don't drink it. It's not good for you. Right. Pornography for the gentlemen out there. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Don't look at it. Don't you know, I'm not saying you got to be a Puritan, right? You don't have to cover your eyes if you're uh, walking around the, the Renaissance wing of a museum and there's some boobies hanging out or something. Right. But porn, get rid of it. You'll be happier. You'll be better off. You'll appreciate your you'll, you'll appreciate your own uh, libido more. You'll appreciate female beauty more. I'm telling you, it's true. Gave, gave up even even looking at porn a long time ago and never looked at, never thought twice about it. I mean, when I say thought twice about it, never thought that it wasn't the right decision afterwards, right? Um, things to cut out. Oh, negative people. Very important one. Cut negative people out of your life. Uh, but if you can cut out soda, pornography, and uh, there are a few other things I'd put on that list, but... You're you're just making things better for yourself. I don't, I don't want to get into a, a moralizing lecture here because I have my own deficiencies and my own weaknesses. And you're probably thinking, Buck, you like caffeine a lot. You drink a lot of coffee. True, true. If I could get rid of it and be as productive as I am, I would. But I can't. So I understand I have my I have my own vices. But I just Buck's wisdom for the day. Soda and porn out. Get rid of it. Get it. Get get it gone. You don't need it. Um. I just Coca-Cola got me thinking about that. Now, like you sit there drinking your Coke, you're watching, uh, you know, whatever you're watching on the computer screen. And this is all this is all bad stuff for you. Um, Coca-Cola had an initiative to get 30 percent of all the legal work done by Coca-Cola. 30 percent of it was supposed to be done by minorities and 15 percent, I'm sorry, half of it. So then 15 percent would have to be billed by attorneys who were black. And this was a diversity plan put in place by the former general counsel of Coca-Cola recently left Bradley Gayton. And he resigned to become a consultant to CEO James Quincy. Quincy is a British guy. I think a lot of people are surprised to know that the CEO of Coca-Cola is a Brit. But anyway. And as the Daily Mail writes it here, Coca-Cola appears to be putting a pause on its plan to transition to woke a cola. It is suspending its diversity initiative after the firm replaced its top lawyer after just eight months on the job. Uh, diversity guidelines. Think about this now. This is a private company that is setting up pure numerically based racial quotas. Now, this, as a matter of equal protection under the law, is in fact illegal. But what we've had in this country for years now is because people benefit from this and the Democrats and a lot of minorities benefit from this. 
the pretense that what goes on with holistic college admissions or diversity and inclusion initiatives at corporations is that there's not as a as a matter of what's actually going on racial advantage given to some over others in either admissions in schools or in hiring for jobs. That's just not true. We're living with a lie. This is a lie. And this brings me to some of the Supreme Court cases, whether it's Grutter v. Bollinger or others that look at affirmative action programs and the decisions. The liberals always have this. Well, you know, we sure that we're discriminating by race, but it's a it's good discrimination. And we need to balance things. And there's a holistic. It's not just this. It's all these other things. They just create these gaps and gray areas to exploit for what is just discrimination by race. And Coca-Cola was certainly interested in doing that as well. And now they're backing off of it a little bit, right? Because it's too explicit. You know, 15 percent of all the legal work has to be billed out by black attorneys. Okay, now you're establishing that you can set up a quota. That's what a quota is. So what about a company that says, we're only going to do business with black owned businesses. We're only going to have suppliers that are black owned or it doesn't black, Asian, Latino, whatever. It doesn't matter. Any racial or ethnic group, you say we're only going to do business with people that are in that category. I think everybody would say, well, that's not OK. That's contra the American ethic. And it's it's against equal protection under the law, which is something we're all supposed to believe in, and it's a constitutional duty. Um, But the left likes racial politics. The left benefits from it. The left continues to use it to its advantage. And uh, they keep pretending that what they're doing isn't really what they're doing. I mean, the admissions committees are perhaps the best example of this. Uh, You know, Harvard has been sued by some Asian Americans who have gotten the data, and it shows that If you are black, your chance of getting into Harvard with much lower grades and much lower SATs than any other ethnic group is really, really high. Comparatively speaking, it's worth something like 150 or 250 or no, 150 to 250 points on the SAT, which is a lot. Now, Harvard says, oh, no, we're just trying to create a diverse and they they use all this this language that's amorphous that's oh it's a it's a tapestry it's a holistic approach and all this stuff no they decide you know we need at least you know eight percent of our freshman class or ten percent of our freshman class to be black and so however we have to play with the numbers to get there that's what we're going to do well that's a quota quotas are not allowed though because quotas are explicit violations of equal protection under the law and when you start to see well then what quotas are okay and what quotas aren't so the affirmative action regime, which and, and wokeness comes, what we see as wokeness today is just the weaponization of the regime of political correctness that was used to justify affirmative action in the 80s and 90s. And now at the heights of corporate America and at the top of the Democrat Party, you have people who have benefited from this substantially. I mean, you have individuals who are big proponents of affirmative action, who they themselves received affirmative action to get to where they are. But if you bring that up, you're a bad person. You're not even allowed to discuss the fact that this was a part of their process. And you sit there and you say, "Okay, so we can't talk about this, but it affects our laws. It affects people's lives. And we're just told to shut up and obey. That 
That should send up all the warning flags you need. Coca-Cola, among other corporations, is just trying to ride the political waves now for its own benefit. But they went a little too far here with the explicit use of quotas for legal work to be done by Coca-Cola, specifically that it has to be a certain percentage of black lawyers that are doing their legal work. Now, you're probably like me, cynical enough to realize James Quincy is a white British CEO. Why doesn't he insist that he step down and have a black person take his job? Well, he's not a lawyer, you see, or at least he's not working in corporate law. So it's easy for him to come up with some program or to utilize, implement some program that's not going to affect him, but makes him look like a virtuous fellow. Wokeness in corporations is damaging, and it's time we fight back against it with everything we've got because they are ruining. This guy didn't found Coca-Cola. He didn't build this company. The left takes things over and destroys them. And then when they're running them, they say, see, we're in charge. Yeah, like a bunch of terrorists seizing an airplane. They didn't build the airplane. The fact that they're at the controls isn't because of their great virtue or genius. It's because they get on it. They use force to take control of it. And then they drive the thing into the side of a mountain. That's what they're doing to corporate America. That's what they're doing to great American companies that have been around for generations now. That's what they're doing to Coca-Cola. But like I said, stop drinking soda. It's terrible for you.